I'm Nancy Adair, the host of LTGW, where we explore the stories from the dark and the light side of both addiction and recovery. Our show is currently free to listen to and it's advertisement free. Therefore, we're relying on your support to keep bringing you these powerful stories. Do you suppose we'll hear stories about addiction? We might. Oh. Stories about recovery, too? Mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart, sensitive people into liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Liars? And thieves? And gluttons and whores. Oh, liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are on the air with me, Nancy Adair, the creator and host of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores, the podcast that brings you stories from both the dark side and the light side of addiction and recovery. And today I am once again co-hosting with my brother, Bob, and I will let him say hello to all of you. Hello to all of you. Is that (laughs) what I'm supposed to do? Yeah, that was perfect. (laughs) Now I got to go. Okay, bye. (laughs) That was enough, right? Right. That was perfect. I got lots to do today. Oh, as I do every day. And today is a special day and a special show. It's on a rather heavy topic for those of you that are listening. However, I think it really is very special to me and to Bob. Basically, I want to tell the listening audience that my brother Bob lost his son earlier this year to addiction. And that is something that, well, we share on the level of that David, your son was also my nephew who I loved very much. And so it is a loss for both of us. Also, I lost my husband now 21 years ago to addiction, to relapse in in addiction. And Bob was the one that brought to my attention again that um, when David passed on, he, that's an odd saying, isn't it? Passed on, we'll have to come back to that. But when David died, he left his son, Camden, who's only, well, now he's three, but two and a half when David died. And when Bryce, my partner died, my son, Lucas, was only five years old. So both young boys grew up without dads, which is just tragic. And I was telling you about an interview I once did um, where I was the subject of the interview and it was about those who are lost but not forgotten and so i wanted to title this show that and and really dedicate liars thieves gluttons and whores to those that are lost but not forgotten 
because this disease of addiction takes so many lives of so many precious, wonderful people. Yeah, I mean, that's a strange thing, too. If you think passed on is strange, lost is strange, too, because it's not really lost. They're dead. Yeah. Okay, and that's the bottom line with addiction and everything that you don't, I didn't really, when I was in the middle of it, it was like, you know, that's not going to happen to me. And I didn't even really think about it. Other people had to think about it. Like my parents who found me with a needle in my arm on the bathroom floor at three in the morning, and they had to drive me to the hospital. You know, they had to think about it, but I didn't think about it. I really didn't. And I doubt that David thought very much about it. But now we think all the time about him and having done that. And that easily could have been me and, you know, could have been lots of other people. And unfortunately, that's that's the bottom line with all this stuff, you know, and we don't think about it. And, you know, I mean, I, I never really thought about all the consequences. I just, you know, because it's not a rational thing to be an addict and an alcoholic. If you were rational, you wouldn't be doing this, right? So it's not rational at all. You just do it and, you know, what happens, happens. And lots of bad shit happens. I don't know. Can we say shit on a podcast? I think we can. Okay, so. good. Because I just did twice. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, I I feel with him lately, what I've been thinking about is just how much fun he was, you know, and how, I mean, how sh life is very short anyway. And then if you do this stuff and you die as a young father at 35, it's really short. I mean, we talked about how short it was just for our parents, both of our parents, one in their 40s and one in their 50s, early 50s. I mean, it's just, but it, 35 is is just ridiculous. Um, and but, I think Bryce was 52 when he died. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, Luke is five years old growing up without a dad is just so hard. And, you know, and, well, and the whole thing about, you know, being five years old, he has just he doesn't really have memories now. In fact, I shared a photograph I found recently of Lucas with his dad. And he asked, is that my dad? Like he didn't, you know. It's right, right. So like, you know, Tracy's been um, telling him, telling Camden, David's son, their son, that, you know, he's up there. And she point, you know, I mean, he he's in heaven. Okay. So that's up there. So because of that, I started writing another children's book. And I just have a couple of things, okay? A couple yeah. of stanzas. So it's because of him, you know, it's it's called Up, Up and Away. Okay. Great. Like, <laughs> Look up, Daddy. You always look down. You have to look up, not down on the ground. There's so many wondrous things going on up in the air. So let's get it on. 
There's planes and balloons and birds in the sky. There's Mr. Moon now saying goodnight. There's the wind and the lights from the city, you know, and the stars out shining with their own awesome glow. On the ground, there's just bugs and pavement and such and lots of stuff that makes you go yuck. But up in the air, it's beautiful with blue sky and fresh air and all that to rule. So let's go for a ride in a plane on this day. It's much better than just a ride in the hay. We can go up in a biplane or better, we can even be a jet setter. Or what about going up in a hot air balloon? Do you think we can make it all the way to the moon? I don't think so, because we'd run out of hydrogen, not to mention running out of oxygen. But we'd still have fun looking out from our perch with our wide vantage point from our beautiful search and all our balloon friends gathering in the air. We'd have so much fun going and meeting there. Anyway, that's as far as I got, but that was all prompted by Camden and thinking up to the David, sky. David's up in the sky, right? You know, I love it. And I I want to share too that when when Bryce died for the first year, I wrote down things that Lucas said about his dad, about dying, you know, because they were just through the eyes of a five-year-old. And I named the book by the very um, title that on the evening of Bryce's funeral, Lucas and I were sitting on the couch together and the phone rang and it had been ringing a lot. And Lucas said to me, please don't answer it, mom. And I said, okay, baby, I won't answer the phone. Before cell phones, folks. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Phone was across the room. And then Lucas looked up at me with those five-year-old big blue eyes and said, mommy, do you have God's phone number? Which is what I titled the book that I wrote after. Writing down these things for a year. And I want to share with you one of the really, I think, very funny parts of the book is that on in April, when Easter came around, because I had shared with Lucas that his daddy went to the spirit world like Littlefoot's mother from Land Beyond Time, a Disney movie. And helping a five-year-old understand, right? And um, so he got that there's a spirit world, like that's what heaven is, is a spirit world. And on Easter morning, he said, uh, daddy got his Easter basket before me. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> you know? And he said, yes, because the, um, you know, the Easter bunny is in the spirit world. And I said, Okay, you know, like, because I so many times I didn't know what to say in response to these questions and these thoughts. And then he goes to me, he asked me a question. He goes, Mommy, does that mean the Easter bunny is a dead bunny? <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome back. You are on the air with me, Nancy Adair, and Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores, the podcast that brings you stories from both the dark side and the light side of recovery and addiction. And I'm co-hosting again with my brother, Bob, a very special show. We are dedicating Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores to all the people that we and you have loved that have died prematurely from this disease of drug and alcohol addiction. And I was thinking during our short break there, Bob, about incredible people, musicians in particular, Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison and Amy White, house, what would it be like if they had another 30 years to produce music, you know, just dying in their mid to late 20s? Um, First of all, it's Janis Joplin, not Joplin. And second of all, they would sound old like I do. (laughs) Yeah, or old like Judy Collins was just doing a concert last week and she's 84. No, I know. I just saw Cheryl Crow. How old is Cheryl Crow? I don't know. She's in her 60s anyway. And um, I was going to take Jessie, my daughter, to, as you know, but the other people don't know, to see, um, well, she wanted to go see a Fleetwood Mac cover band we've already seen Fleetwood Mac we've seen another Fleetwood Mac I don't know why she likes them so much but she does and but there is also a like this coming week a concert with the lead singer Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac by herself of course that's $150 a seat and there's no seat. You have to buy the $5 chair to sit on the lawn. Okay. If you want a real seat, it's like $500. So I think we'll go see the cover band. Not because I'm cheap, but just because I'm cheap. Anyway. <laughs> so I was remembering too this fellow who was participated in these groups when I worked for Mercy Hospital. And the administration was always annoyed with this because he would sign into group, which was a safety thing about getting the clients or patients, they were called in the hospital, to sign in for group. And he would sign in as a dead writer, you know, someone that died early from alcoholism among famous writers. (laughs) They were always like, oh, who is this, you know? That's smart. But it is tragic and it is sad that people are dying young. And I know I told you after David's death how really different the grief was for me when Bryce passed away. There's another term we've gotten, you know, lost and passed on and passed away and all these well, those are nicer to say. I mean, it is nicer than died. Okay. It's just, <clears throat> I mean, like I'm, I was listening, thinking of that while you were saying died. I mean, cause I always say died, but sometimes, sometimes I don't, but it is, it is easier to say he passed away 
You know, I mean, honestly, you don't you don't think about it as in the stark terms. You know. I know. And I was sharing yeah. that the grief was convoluted because for me there was as much relief as there was sadness. You know, this was the love of right. my life. And he also suffered from bipolar disease and it was unimaginable to, you know, separate and or divorce and co-parent with someone that, like you said, the disease isn't logical. Well, neither are we when we're in active addiction. Our actions are not logical or healthy. And right. so, yeah. I mean, it's it's very tough. Um, and you know, I felt some of that with David too, because I worked with him. And it was, you know, very frustrating because I knew how smart he was, because obviously he was my son. Um, but he was not very disciplined. And it was hard to get him to to work and I didn't really know why what I mean I knew some of the problem was you know I had been addiction and was you know um just in general having a hard time with ADHD you know I I didn't realize exactly what was going on because I didn't know that he had relapsed and so he kept that from me because otherwise I would fire his ass and so it was you know, I didn't know what, so it was somewhat of a relief. I mean, I was also paying him twice what I was paying me, and which was kind of ridiculous, considering I was doing a lot more work, okay? And that was my enabling or whatever, but whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know that I, I really want to put myself down. For, I was trying to help out and help the family. And that, I was their only source or my business, my real estate business was their only source of income for my grandson, for my um, daughter-in-law, et cetera. And she's doing fine also now that he's not in the picture. She is supporting them both. Um, and it was just, you know, somewhat of a relief now, <clears throat> which is nine months later, I'm getting to the point where I, I'm not in denial. I'm not in all these different stages. I mean, I'm in some stage, but I don't know what. It's it's not one of these typical. I maybe it is the acceptance level where I just feel, um, you know, it's. I just feel sad that he's gone, and I miss him, and I remember some of the great stuff. I mean, yeah. He had a lot of people, as you know, at his funeral, and I mean a lot. And mostly, I was, I'm thinking that the the main memory that I have of David is that he was just a lot of fun, okay. And it, you know, he obviously had a lot of pain in his life too, or he wouldn't have been doing all that stuff, probably, or maybe I don't know, but. Um, you know, I don't know about psychologically analyzing all that. You do that more than I do. <laughs> okay. But, you know, it, he was just a fun person to be around, you know, and all the time. We just had a blast. We did, as you know, a lot of stuff together. And 
you know, I mean, not just the business, but we did, we went to all the football games for the Atlanta Falcons, all the Atlanta Hawks games. We played cornhole together on a team, you know, our, our own team, right? Um, and we did lots of other stuff too, you know? So it was just, and not just doing those things, but being together, we were always laughing. I think I said that at the funeral was, you know, we went into um, his chiropractor's office and we were just cracking this guy up. The two of us went in, for, I needed an adjustment, so I went along with him. And, you know, it was just laughing away. And then I came back after David had, quote, passed. And, you know, I walked in and and he said, boy, it's quiet in here without David, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean... I'm not going to take that personally. Like, I don't have a sense of humor or anything. But it just, and that's what it is for me now. It's just kind of quiet, right? Because I loved him and I was, it was just always, <laughs> it was always exciting and fun to be around him. And there's some, even with the addiction, even with dying and passing on or passing away or whatever, passing at 35 years old, there's a lot to be said for that, you know, for just having fun and just, uh, and I don't, I mean, I've been sober now 45 years, right? So it's not like I'm recommending doing that, but I do think that there's, without the addiction, Without drinking, without drugging, there's a lot to be said for how short life is and just go out and have fun, okay? Well, a huge part of why I'm doing the show, Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores, is, well, there are a couple of reasons. One is that, you know, when I started my recovery journey, AA meetings were hysterically funny. I, I felt the camaraderie of the shared experience. And it was more than the, oh my God, how do you make it through a day? It was that people, it, I called it the Lazarus syndrome, you know, that it was like rising from the dead. It was it, starting again. It was a new beginning. It was like a religious rebirth experience oh. to be able to have a second chance. And I believe we as a group, you know, it said we're liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores, but it's also said that, you know, people who are addicts are have an above average intelligence and a greater sensitivity. And, and that combination of a higher than average IQ combined with a sensitive nature, a sensitive nervous system, high anxiety, another way to put that, is a very difficult combination and a wonderful combination. It is the artists of the world. It is the writers and musicians and thought leaders, you know, and, and it's, there was a thing that I think Tony Robbins said, but I don't think he said it first, was that there are two main motivators for all of human behavior, and that is to increase pleasure and decrease pain. And drugs do both at the beginning. 
You know, I don't know whether David or Bryce lived a particularly painful life and were looking to escape. Um, they were both people that lived life to the fullest. And sadly, that included taking risks that I I believe you too, Bob, that, you know, they weren't aware of the level of risk. You know, you weren't playing right. chicken going in the road, you know, in front of a car. It's not that... <laughs> that kind of thought doesn't enter into the picture when you're using. Well, you didn't know that that's what you were doing. Right. Right. There's no yeah. premeditated thought. Like, Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, it's, I, I just, I do think that, you know, the fun quote we get, I get lost anyway, and just, doing all the stuff that I need to do every day, right? I mean, there's stuff you need to do to take care of yourself, to take care of your family, to take care of friends, to take care of your house, whatever house you live in or your apartment or whatever it is, the, your car, you know, it's just stuff, right? And and that can take up a lot of time. And, and energy. Then, <laughs> and energy. And then... You know, and and so there has to be lots of room for fun because, I mean, the thing that always keeps, you know, striking me is they have this James Webb telescope and it, you know, they can, it can see for 14 billion years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a long time. If you believe like in reincarnation for 14 billion years, you know, which I don't, think that I do anymore <laughs> okay that's just too long that means that this life is really short and if it's really short what are you going to do with it besides you know like you know everybody talks about leaving a legacy well your legacy will maybe last another generation or two it's not going to last even one billion years okay because by the time one billion years goes by I don't think they're going to remember my children's book. Okay. <laughs> so I just don't, I don't know. I have this funny feeling that that's not going to happen. So you might as well live it up and take some risks and not some insane risk. I used to have one of my, I guess he was my first sponsor. He taught, he used to always talk about prudent risks. And I use the term calculated with Lucas. I'd always talk about a calculated risk. Because I didn't want my talk about ADHD, you know, my ADHD son to jump off the roof. Although I let him jump off the, yeah, you know, there's a landing outside the window into a big pile of snow with his other buddy. We had to get the other kid's mother's permission. <laughs> I was like, yes, you can jump off the roof onto the snow. So, into snow, right? Yeah, yeah. So in Maine, you know, there's a big enough pile of snow to be safe. And... Always. That's why I live in Atlanta. Exactly. All right. I think with that, I will conclude the show today and just talk about um, really my belief that you can live a clean and sober life that is second to none with that really full expression of life because it is short and being happy and really going for it and doing it clean and sober because we can. And taking risks. And taking prudent risks. 
prudent, calculated risks, not stupid ones. Right. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Bob, for doing this with me again today. All right. My pleasure. Thank you. Do you suppose we'll hear stories about addiction? We might. Oh. Stories about recovery, too? Mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart, sensitive people into liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Liars? And thieves? And gluttons and whores. Oh, liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. What better way to show your support than by purchasing some of our amazing LTGW merchandise? We have caps, t-shirts, cups, mugs, tumblers, hoodies, wristbands, watch bands, and so much more.